Welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the primordial Matt. Hello there. So, uh, here we are. Another week, uh, another episode of Doctor Who. But before we get there, yeah? I, I have a confession. Okay. A confession. Now, in all the time we've been doing this, yeah, we've spoken about the different showrunners, people involved in yes. Doctor Who. Yes. And I just want to talk about Stephen Moffat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because for how long we've been doing this now? Um, this is a, will be our 32nd episode? Around yeah. there. Yeah. Around there. For that entire time, whenever you've spoken about Stephen Moffat, yeah. I have confused him with Stephen Mangum. <laughs> I, I thought Stephen Moffat was yeah. the British comedian... Stephen Mangum. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever you talked about him, that... that's who I had pictured in my head. <laughs> to be fair, hair-wise, not dissimilar. Yeah, and I assumed he'd be like... The Doctor Who type. Yeah. But no, Stephen Moffat just looks like an angry old man. Yeah, an angry old Scottish man, no less. To be fair, he's actually quite a jovial Scottish man. Is it? Um, He is in very good value in interviews and things like that. And uh, one day, many moons from now, when we're wrapping up um, the Stephen Moffat era, there is actually a really, really good three-part interview that he did um, with the Doctor Who fan show that I actually reckon might be an interesting watch for you. I'm not interested anymore. I was really (laughs) excited thinking the Stephen Moffat era was going to be really funny, really good, but different person. So automatically it's neither going to be funny or good. No. Despite the fact... I mean, it'll be better than RTD. I mean, despite the fact we have so far seen two stories from Stephen Moffat in Doctor Who and both have been amongst your favourites and could easily be described as both funny and good. Re- rejog my memory, which ones? Uh, Doctor Dances and... Sorry, The Empty Child, Doctor Dances um, and Girl in the Fireplace. Oh, yeah, they're, they're like the best ones. Yeah. Oh, may- maybe I am excited. But... <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. think you should be cautiously optimistic. I was watching Partridge the other day and I was just yeah. like, oh, there's, there's Stephen Moffat. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait yeah. a minute... Yeah. His name's Mangan. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Stephen Mangan isn't even a writer. Like, I think he's just a just comedic actor. Yeah. Now, having said that, we are talking about a uh, writer-actor double threat today. Mm. In the form of Mark Gatiss, who is um, one of the principal guest stars of this episode. Yeah. Not written now, by Mark Gatiss, though. No, I was going to say, maybe a good thing, because I, I really didn't like the episode he wrote. He wrote the Dickens one, didn't he? Yes. On Quiet Dead. And he also wrote the Idiot's Lantern, the one uh, set around yeah, the uh, coronation. That was better, but still not yeah. a favourite. Yeah, so uh, this episode, not written by him, written by a chap called Stephen Greenhorn. You have write... we mentioned the name of the episode? I don't know what they have. Lazarus Experiment. We're talking about the Lazarus Experiment. Yeah. Episode yeah. 6 of season 3. Yeah. From the 5th of May, 2007. Yeah. After my mum's birthday. Ah, oh, retroactive happy birthday to your mum for like twelve years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, presumably she's had other birthdays since. She's not just stuck uh, at that one. She would have been. She would have been forty-eight. It's her sixtieth, like this weekend. Ah, well, um, preemptive happy birthday <laughs> yeah. to your mum for uh, this weekend. Then, yeah, I hope she enjoys it. She will. We're going for a curry. Ah, oh, to be honest. 
is there any better way to acknowledge mm. a birthday? It's one of those things where I want to go for a curry, <laughs> so it's a good excuse. I'm like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, fair dues. I, you know, use every tool at your disposal in order to make curries happen. Yeah. Lamb tikka boona. Yeah. Kima rice. Kima naan. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't be my order, but... Poplodons yeah. and pickle tray. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're not far off, though, because uh, for me, vegetable boona. I mean, yeah. vegetarian, but... You, boona, I, I'm sorry. Anyone who orders anything hotter than a boona, you're just showing off, and you're not yeah. going to enjoy your meal as much. Gro- growing up, I was a madras man. Were you? And that, I think that's a step below a vindaloo. Yeah. And once or twice, I did have a vindaloo. Yeah. To I've prove had, that I was Billy Big Falls, had, but I've I never a, enjoyed it. I've had a few madrasses in my time, and I'm always just like, why am I... Yeah. Doing this, you you reach a point where it's heat over flavor. Yeah, bonus, absolutely. Boner just packed with flavor. Good times. Yeah. If you if you're like, and we have a lot of American listeners out there, and this mm. is potentially quite alienating because they don't they. Don't, I mean, you can get Indian food in certain parts of America, but it's certainly not as just, big as it is in Britain. Yeah, I mean, even if because we live in quite a rural area, but we're still we're spoiled for choice for for. Um, Indian restaurants. I, I know we're you. getting way off topic here. Yeah. But no, no, go for it. You're home alone. You can have anything you want from Uber Eats, Just Eat, yeah. Deliveroo. Yeah. What are you ordering? I mean, for me, it absolutely would be a curry from the Jaipur Spice, which is, you know, it's just a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. I'll yeah. give a big shout out to Jaipur Spice. Yeah. My mother in law is friends with the owner. Oh, it, is she? It's one of yeah. those where. Whenever we go, no matter what we order, it costs ten pounds a head, and no questions asked. Oh, that is uh, that is a uh, oh to have friends in high places. Yeah, yeah. See, I think the best takeaway I've ever had. Yeah, was in Australia. They they have one called Red Rooster, uh-huh. and I'm, I've maybe even discussed this on air before. <laughs> I, I love them so much, and rather than fried chicken, yeah, it's roast chicken. So. You just get a really nice tender piece of roast chicken. So rather than getting a bucket of fried chicken, you can just have a whole roast chicken. Instead of fries, uh-huh. it's a little pot of mashed potato and gravy. So it's so, just Sunday roast, but in fast pr- Pretty food. much, but you could get chicken baguettes. You could get chicken burgers. Right. But the chicken was so good. So good. I'll take your word for and it. And I, I know if either of my brothers are listening to this, <laughs> that... They're smiling. Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, good, good work. Um, often do you find that when we get sidetracked in an episode, it's because the episode itself isn't, isn't great. Yeah, would you say that holds true for the Lazarus experiment? Let's get go back to. Well, we've not been doing it recently. Your old scale of good episode to bad episode. Where are you plonking the Lazarus experiment? <sighs> I don't even know if I'd go as far as bad episode with good bits. It, no, I will. I will. There's one yeah. good bit okay. in this episode. I'm very interested to find so out what it's it is. bad episode with single good, good bit. bit. Yeah. I'm racking my brains now. Would I go so far as to say that there is a good bit? No. There is a go- I'll tell you what. There is a good piece of trivia. As a Doctor Who nerd, I enjoy the trivia related to... Uh, the Lazarus Experiment, which we'll get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of, of all the episodes we've watched, yeah, I've certainly when we watched the Shakespeare Code, yeah, when we watched Tooth and Claw, yeah, and 
maybe when we watch School Reunion, yeah. I'm always critical of why is it always aliens? Why are the ghosts yeah. always secretly aliens? Yeah. Why is the witch that's Just definitely an in it, a witch, yeah. suddenly an alien? Yeah. In this, is this the first episode we've seen that is a monster, a non-alien monster? That is absolutely correct, and that was the piece of trivia that I was going to say that I really oh, okay. enjoy about this episode, okay. is it's the first episode of New Who, where the monstrous threat is not extraterrestrial in origin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, would you go as far as to say it's human? Well, it, the, 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 the science nonsense that they give in the episode is that it's sort of like a throwback that our evolutionary thing rejected long ago. Yes. And so basically it, w- it was a path that humanity could have gone down, mm. but didn't. But it was like the, the the code for it was kind of buried deep in our DNA, basically. And Lazarus's experiment unlocks it. Um, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to it when we right. get it. But basically, yeah, it, that's the... I would say that the... One interesting thing about this episode. What do you say this has been the weakest episode of season three so far? So let's think. We've had Smith and Jones. We've had Shakespeare Shakespeare Code. Code. Um, Gridlock. I enjoy this slightly more than Shakespeare Code. It annoys me less than Shakespeare Code. But I think Shakespeare Code is more fun. Yeah. If that makes sense. But Shakespeare Code breaks my conception of Doctor Who more than the Lazarus Experiment does. Lazarus Experiment doesn't challenge my basic notion of what Doctor Who could and should be. It's just not a very good episode of Doctor Who. Right. Shall we jump in? Yeah. Well, let's get so, this over and done with. We start, and I don't know if it says anything about the mood I was in when I watched this. Yeah. My first note just says... Usual TARDIS nonsense. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is and it isn't. Because this is interesting in that the Doctor is dropping uh, Martha off. And he's just like, there you go. You've had your you've had your fun. You've had your fill of TARDIS. Off you go. I'm mm. getting rid of you. So it's 12 hours yeah. after they left in Smith & Jones. Yeah, at least he manages to not like just plonker down a year later like uh, uh, the Ninth Doctor did with Rose. Mm-hmm. And when they land, there's a voicemail from Martha's mum saying yeah. Martha's sister Tish is on the news. Yeah. And she's helping some sort of old man that says he'll change what it means to be human. Yes. So the doctor then says his farewells. Yeah. The TARDIS disappears. Yeah. Immediately reappears and the doctor says, sorry, did he, did he just say what it, what it means to be human? <laughs> yeah. And then the titles run. Yeah. You know what? I don't hate that. As a as an opener, it's classic bit of Doctor Who shenanigans. It's like, well, for, as I say, it's interesting because it sets up the dynamic that the Doctor is basically he's just he's trying to draw a line under his relationship with Martha. Hmm. It was basically <sighs> fling is the wrong word because it's not you know it's not that kind of a relationship, but it was basically for him. It didn't mean much really it was yeah. she was a distraction from the fact that he was you know still cut up about losing rose and it was his his justification internally was he was saying thanks to her mm. 
but that obviously spiraled a bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and Martha obviously has had long enough in the TARDIS that she's not going to willingly give that up. Um, so that it already, I think, sets up an interesting dynamic. And then, obviously, the little button, the little gag of, like, the, the TARDIS disappearing and then rematerialising. It's, it's alright. So it's fun. This, when we return from the title, yeah. sets up my one good part of this okay, episode. Okay, cool. So there's some sort of meeting. It's investors looking at an old man's machine. Yeah. Professor Lazarus, we find out. Yeah. And they're talking about their investment in this machine, and they refer to the fact it was paid for by Mr. Saxon. Oh. Okay, so he's been mentioned a few episodes in a he row. He has, yeah. So, straight away, I was slightly irritated that we're just name-dropping <laughs> him again. But we'll yep. keep that in the backs of our mind. Yeah. And the old man, Professor Lazarus... Is perving on Martha's sister. Yeah. He's sort of eyeing her up and down and saying, oh, if I was 50 years younger. Yeah. Does he... Is that when he sort of, like, touches her hand in, like, a proper... Like, he is just full on... Oh, I'm blanking on the guy's name now. Uh, Weinstein. It's, like, full yeah, on Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> yeah, just creeping on this poor young girl and, and it sort of like leans in and says that's an interesting perfume yeah to which Tish just replies it's soap yeah um but yeah and we have have we mentioned specifically it's Mark Gatiss playing yes uh, Professor Harris yes. in, in some of the least convincing old, old man, man makeup, makeup yeah. I've ever seen so yeah so Doctor and Martha yeah attend a function at Lazarus Laboratories. Yes. So set up by Tish. Yeah. yeah. So Tish, I don't think we've discussed it, but is basically Professor Lazarus's head of PR. Yeah. She says head of PR, but she's almost like a PA to him. She spends yeah. a lot of time working closely with. Him. Yes. Yeah. Um. So the doctor is introduced to Martha's family. Yeah. Because, obviously, the last time they saw her, she sort of disappeared down a dark alley with yeah. a man, yeah. only to appear the next day. Yeah. And as they're talking, Professor Richard Lazarus says he's about to perform a miracle. Yeah. He's not one for mincing his words, is he? Um, it's like he's... There's no false modesty about no, Professor no. La- Lazarus, is yeah. there? <laughs> he 100% has... Disillusions of grandeur, yeah, and God yeah. delusion, and everything. Yeah. So he enters the machine. Yeah. And this is a reoccurring trope because this yeah. happened last episode with Dalek Sec. Yeah. Whenever anybody enters any sort of genetic machine yeah. that's going to give them new powers, the machine always overloads. It does. It's always yeah. a problem. Yeah. And it's proper alarms going, at least sort of, sort of see. Poor white lab coated minions flapping around in the yeah. back, and the doctor has to jump in and save the day and stop it from exploding and killing I, everyone. I, I was going to say, did that begin with Captain America? Obviously, the comics, not the yeah. film. But it probably goes back to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yeah, it's this is a classic mad scientist story, yeah. and I would Where say something yeah. always goes yeah. slightly awry. I mean, Mary. Frankenstein is often credited as being the first bona fide work of science fiction. Mm. 
um, not not fantasy, but kind of playing on the scientific notions of the day and using it to tell a sort of allegorical morality story. Mm. Um, so yeah, we go- we are going right back to the classics here. Effectively, this this is a good old fashioned mad scientist story. Yeah, because when he comes out, he's a younger man. It's basically just normal man. Yeah, he's just taking the the uh, old man makeup <laughs> off. I mean, he looks a lot better without it. He should have just maybe done that to begin with. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, and he says he's reborn. Yeah, and in conversation with Martha and her family, he does like a weird gasp for air. Yeah, and says he's really hungry. So yeah, he they're starts... at this lovely function with yeah. fresh fruit and what have you canapes, and he's just shoveling them. Yeah. Into his face. Yeah. No sense of decorum. No, no, no. Not <laughs> at all. So, in the pursuit of science, the Doctor disapproves of all this. Yep. And says it's time he ran his own tests. So, like, yeah. Why can't he just be happy? Why can't he just accept this is a good thing? I guess the thing is the Doctor has a bit of a long view of time and he knows mm-hmm. that in the future humans aren't using this kind of technology so there's probably some little technical niggles in there i mean apart from anything else lazarus's machine did almost kill everyone in that room so yeah but <laughs> did it yeah well anyway as he says he's going to run his own tests martha highlights that she has dr lazarus's dna yeah on her hand he gives her a oh yeah her hand yeah earlier in yeah because he is still a massive creep so as they head off to do their tests, let's just talk about Lazarus's relationship with I. I couldn't work out their relationship. I've just yeah. put his old lady wife, but I don't yeah. even know if they're know wife if... or business partner or science. Partner. I think I think well, they're definitely like business partners. She says that it's her money that has basically funded his experiments, mm. and that was kind of with the promise that she would be rejuvenated as well. I assume they've also been boffing because yeah. the way they talk with each other. I don't know that they're married though. No. So, you know. Did did you recognize her? I, it's one she's one of those actresses I've definitely seen her in stuff, but I don't know that I could play place I, her. I, I haven't written the actress's name down. Yeah. But she played a character called Mavis in Coronation Street. Oh, right. I in, I may have probably like seen her channel hopping, you And know. she also was in Dinner Ladies. Ah, oh, yeah, Wood. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I have dim, distant memories of, yeah. But, but yeah. also, there's a bit where Mark Gattis is young. Yeah. And she's obviously, like, I don't know, like 95, 100 years old. <laughs> yeah. And they do, like, a big, passionate, yeah. teenage French kiss. Yeah. It's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> it's, not, it's not what you've watched Doctor Who for, is it? Not really, but, you know, it, it fits th- thematically yeah. with the episode. RTD um, probably signed that off. That's yeah, his, he's he signed everything wheelhouse. off. Every single scene in every episode we've seen so far has the RTD stamp of approval. Just take that as. Red. I wonder if that scene was in there, or if he was just like, <laughs> "Oh, can you just put old people getting off with each other?" <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, um, so yeah, so so Lazarus, they've got a, they've got a bit of a weird relationship, but like, but then as soon as he becomes young. Lazarus immediately sort of turns on her. Yeah. He's quite nasty. He's fucking horrible. Horrible towards her. Yeah. Really, really dismissive. And in quite a... For the thing, One of the things that gets me about this is, is he's not just a crazy scientist. 
Professor Lazarus is a fucking idiot. Mm. Like, right from the off, he is just an egotistical chump. Yeah, maybe he's done some hard sums and worked out this process. But his the way he reacts and behaves around other people is just guaranteed to alienate everyone around him. And it's, it's a miracle that he even got funded from, by anyone to begin with. And it's, it's not one of those things where it's like, if they'd pulled back on that just a little bit, it would be believable. And it would make for a strong thematic aspect of this episode. But it pushes the obnoxiousness to the point that I can't actually believe Hmm. that any of this is taking place. Because he's so horrible to everyone. There's no redemption arc here. No, no. it's uh, And and they almost try for that later in the episode. And you just don't care. Just like, no, you're just a twat. Hmm. So, So, yeah. The Doctor and Martha sneak off into one of the labs and they notice that Lazarus's DNA is changing. Yeah. Quickly, frequently. Yeah. It's sort of like twitching almost, isn't it? Yeah, but as I a mean, man of science, that's yeah. not how DNA works. No, it's not at all. If you're going to do science fiction, get your science right. Yeah, it's... <sighs> because they say he hacked his own genes and told them yeah. to rejuvenate. Oh, it works. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 uh, right. There's there's loosey goosey with the science. As far as I'm aware, yeah. and I, I'm happy to be proven wrong. As far as I'm aware, there's only one animal on Earth whose DNA rejuvenates. Right. For a pound, do you know what that animal is? Uh, I don't. I was going to say it's going to be something weird, like a jellyfish or something. You're not far off. It's yeah. a lobster. All right. Right. So lobsters. Essentially, the part of humans' genetic code which decays over time and leads to aging, yeah. lobsters just they don't have. Don't have. Okay, so essentially, lobsters can live forever. The only problem is their rate of growth doesn't match the rate of growth of their own shells. Oh, that so sucks. Th- they eventually their natural death is they grow too large for their shells and can't sustain their own like body mass. That's upsetting. Yeah. I didn't know that fact with all that. Yeah. So that's why what like lobsters can be found that are like over a hundred years old. It's wow. rare because we farm them so much. Yeah. But if left to their own devices, they'll live a long time and they'll grow. Wow. But they're just hindered by their that's own it. shells. Right. Okay. Interesting. That's yeah. not what's going on here. That's not what's going on here. <laughs> like, if his DNA is changing like this, it would probably be things like and it doesn't change in real time. It would no. probably be over the course of a couple of weeks, he might develop a mole. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, or the concentration of his stomach acid might alter yeah. a little bit and he might get a bit of reflux. No, but, but without wanting to spoil it, what the way it works in practice in the episode, it's more akin to like the Hulk or something. Yes. Um, yeah. But anyway, we've not quite got there yet. Yeah. So, after that, Lazarus, again, whilst he's shouting at his old lady friend, yeah. begins, again, gasping, he sort of falls yeah. to the floor. And this is where we, do we get the, the uh, some of the first, like, foley work of the episode, and which is one of the things where, like, I don't enjoy it, but I respect the choice, because it's, it's the sound of Lazarus's transformations 
are horrible. Yes. Truly, properly horrid. It's like, it's cracking, like his bones are cracking and there's creaking and tearing. It's a werewolf in London. Yeah. Where you see that transformation and it's the bones breaking. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty strong stuff for a kid's show. Mm. Um, And yeah, and then do we... We don't get a full reveal yet of what he turns into. I think we see a bit of it. Yeah, we see... Like it looks like the appendage of a scorpion tail. Yeah. Sort of rises up and sort of lashes, lashes yeah. towards the old lady. Yeah. Who we haven't even taken the time to find her name. She's well, she's old lady. She's she's, she's yeah. She'll be <laughs> buried in an unmarked grave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So the doctor and Martha find her corpse, and she's. Kind of been drained. Yeah. Almost. She's uh, desiccated. Yeah. She's, yeah, that's a good way. She's a husk. Yeah. It's pretty grim. And while searching for Lazarus and Tish, so the doctor goes down in one elevator to look for Lazarus at yeah. that almost exact moment. An elevator next to it comes up to that floor. Yeah. Which is Lazarus and Tish. Yeah. The doctor spills drink all over Martha's mum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's the other sort of subplot here is that for. Whatever reason, Martha's mum has an irrational dislike of the doctor. To be fair, the doctor had only put his foot in it and kind of implied that they'd been up all night fucking. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, fair dues. But, you know, it, it, it's one of the threads of this yeah, story. Yeah, their relationship's strained. Yes. And as he spills a drink all over her, a random man appears from nowhere, Yeah. helps her, and begins to badmouth the doctor. Yeah. And we don't know who this guy is, but do you agree that he just has a henchman's face? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Like, he's not really a henchman in this story, because he's just like some kind he's of like... some sort of sly little fucker that yeah. appears and starts yeah. badmouthing the doctor. But he just, he looks like a henchman. Yeah. Like, I can't see that actor ever playing... Like a leader, he's just he's just got a lackey's face. Yeah, I yeah. Can't remember exactly what he says. It's something along the lines of "You should be careful, your daughter's I don't think, doctor." I don't think. I don't think he. Yeah, and, and like when he says, "Like there's something you should know about him," and he just sort of leans in and whispers. We don't even get to hear yes. what he's saying to Mark's right. mum at that point. So, we get my favorite part of this episode. Yeah, where they just run about for a bit. Ah, uh, gotta love a bit of running about. They basically come down from one floor. Yeah. In an elevator. Yeah. Annoyed Martha's mum, and then yeah. just gone back, back to the back. floor where yeah. they came from. Yeah. Um, and Lazarus. I don't think I, I wanted to mention we because we, we've seen in Lazarus's laboratory at this point, like his well, his sort of office laboratory kind of thing, and I'd never really paid close attention to it before, but on watching it uh, last night, I'd sort of noticed for the first time the sort of set design um and i do think it's kind of interesting they definitely have made an effort to kind of encapsulate his character so on his desk it's quite it's quite a clean minimalist sort of office you've got a an, an ornate whiskey decanter on the desk you've got a miniature version of um it's a classical greek statue and i forget because it's not it's not David. I think it's possibly... Um, it's not the thinker, but it's one of those kinds of like <laughs> classical statues of like, you know, v- 
virtuous beauty, that kind of thing. And there's a big scale model of uh, the cathedral oh. in, in right in the middle of the office. And at this point, I don't know whether... I think he's maybe already had that conversation with the with the old lady, hasn't he, about when he was a boy growing up in the flat above the butcher's shop during the Blitz, and they used to go and huddle in the crypts um, right. during the bombing. Um, not, no spoilers for Game of Thrones, but um, crypts... Don't hide in the crypts. Not, not a great idea all the time, is it? Mm. But anyway, that was an interesting little sort of seeding of mm. later on in the episode. I think from there... Lazarus is up on the roof with Tish. Yeah. And he begins to tell her about the cathedral. The cathedral is yes. clearly very important to him. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that's where the Doctor and Martha find them. Yeah. And the Doctor... Although Lazarus doesn't seem to have an agenda, really, other than I'm a bit young. Yeah, and he's and, a monster that the doctor doesn't. Yeah, and also he wants to fuck Tish now. Yeah, 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 but you know you can't hate somebody for that. Yeah, I I guess I don't know. He is such a creep though. With yeah, it. Well, yeah. and and also can I say this is another of those uh, like reality breaking things for me? The fact that Tish is remotely interested because at the end of the day. Yes, he's obviously a wealthy man who's just like had this amazing scientific breakthrough, but he oh. is also still a slightly sweaty-looking Mark Gatiss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not... And not that Mark Gatiss is is an unattractive man, but he's still like a man in his like late thirties. He's, he's not what you would call traditionally handsome. No, no. So I, it still feels like a stretch to me. I don't know. Maybe Tish is just like you know is. Just thinking about the prospects. So, uh, I know earlier on I said there's one sort of good bit. Yeah. I, I sort of like this bit. Okay. The, the doctor gives a bit of a, an impassioned speech to Lazarus. Yeah. And says, some people live more in 20 years than others do in 80. It's not about the time that matters, it's the person. Yeah. It's a good That's sentiment. A good sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. There, there... You, you do have to ask the question, what is Lazarus going to do with his new time yeah especially I mean perv on girls and tell them about the cathedral yeah pretty much I think that's that's what he had planned in the di- like if you look if he were to like rule through his desk and find his diary he's got like big big experiment on Tuesday or whatever probably probably wouldn't, wouldn't have picked a Tuesday that's a weird day to do that um, but then again you're less likely to for it to clash with other plans people might have. If you if you scheduled that for a Friday, be like yeah. you know they might already have theatre tickets booked. Yeah. So anyway, but do, but do you have a favourite cathedral? I don't think I do. No, I like a th- cathedral. I like to have a poke around at a cathedral. I'm actually quite fond of Ripon Cathedral, which I only oh, it's a good one. I only popped into quite recently, um, and I really enjoyed. Um, in the sort of like choristers' stalls, they've got some really interesting carvings of like, it's like they've got bits plundered from old bits of folklore and stuff. It's like you know when you get like that in old when you go old enough with churches, they're actually decorating stuff with stuff that's not biblical. Mm. They're like throwing in random. It's just yeah. like ah, oh, you have a dragon. Yeah. There's no dragons in the Bible, but yeah, fuck it, I love a dragon. Why not? See, I- I'm gonna throw my hat in the ring. And yeah. Put York Minster forward. Great cathedral. It is. I would. Will we ever see it without any scaffolding? 
No, no, no. It, that's, it was, that's the trouble with it. Was it was doing Notre Dame before Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it, now, here's, I mean, a, here's another bonus question. Yeah. Do you know the difference between a minster and a cathedral? I don't think I do, to be honest. I'm not really... Uh, now, is it, it is it to do with uh, denominations, like Christian denominations? No, no, no. no. A, a minster, yeah. as well as being the cathedral and centre of the religious community, will also contain a town hall or centre of governance for that area. Oh, that's so a good I fact. I think I'm yeah. right in saying there's only a couple of minsters. York's probably the most famous one. Yeah. I want to say Kettering, but I don't right. believe... Don't believe that's right. That is a good no, fact. No, Grimsby, I believe. Grimsby? I believe Grimsby has a minster. Oh, wow. Oh. You you are on fire with the facts today. There we go. Yeah. We've gone way, way, way off topic. <laughs> right. So, having been sort of talked down to by the doctor, yeah. Lazarus starts freaking out again. And yes. I put the transformation. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of Men in Black 2. Where there's a giant insect man inside a human body. Ringing vague bells. I haven't seen Men in Black Two since it was released. But so. also, given the dated CGI use, it's a little bit Resident Evil. Yeah, let's talk about the CGI because it is—it's PS One level, isn't well, it? The thing is, I think there's a famous scene from, and I can't remember if it's from the second Mummy film, right. Mummy Returns, or yeah. the Scorpion King. It's from The Mummy 2, Mummy yeah. Returns, where Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I think yeah. we talked about him last week, yep. it is like his torso on like a scorpion body. <laughs> right. I think it's like an internet meme how right. bad the CGI in that scene is. Yeah, it's yeah. It's on par with this scene. It it's, is. It's, it's not good. It just isn't. And like, the, okay, so to describe, it's sort of like... I would say it's fairly Lovecraftian in its aspirations. It is a monstrosity. It's, you know, the size of, I don't know, would you say a small elephant? It's a big creature. Yeah. It's insectoid-like in places. It, it's very Resident Evil. Yeah. It, it's a huge monster, but if you look closely, there's like human bits. Yes, the know. face in particular... Which is probably the worst part of the whole design is that the faces it looks really pasted and on and did, flat. Did you notice whenever it speaks, yeah, the face is off, off screen. I didn't. You know, yeah, you that's... never see the mouth move <laughs> in tandem yeah. with it speaking. It basically just does that one weird gape yeah. motion. Yeah, but yeah. There, there are bits where I think he's like, yeah. you are weak, Doctor. But <laughs> all you can see is the Doctor's face reacting to yeah, that Yeah, you, you never, never actually see, see it. In its yeah. monster form. Yeah, and um, the the face does, looks nothing like Mark Gatiss. No. Like, no. not even a bit. Like, it's because maybe just the animator's face. Who there, knows? There's no... It doesn't appear to be any shape. No. It's like Mark Gatiss' face... Airbrushed on a sphere. Yeah. It, it, Not even that. It's more like just like a sheet of A4. It's just flat. It, there's no. Yeah, there's no like, sense of depth to it whatsoever. Yeah. Like his nose doesn't seem to protrude any further than the rest of his. Face. No. No. So. Um, but in a word, shit. It's just 
<laughs> yeah. It's just bad CGI. I, I, I don't... We've we've never had great CGI in Doctor Who, but this is easily I... the worst we've seen so far. Yeah, we've definitely seen far, far better. Yeah. I, I can't think of an example that's worse, but I can think of many that are better. Yeah. So the question is, if you've just seen Mark Gatiss yeah. turn into a big scorpion yeah. monster, what yeah. would you do? I would run away. Run around for a bit. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. So the Doctor tries to warn everyone. Yeah. And there's like a nice bit here that... Well, I say nice bit. Just a bit weird. Yeah. Where there's a lady at the yeah. party that says, Oh, we're not in any danger. The only danger I'm in is of choking on this olive. <laughs> Which, I mean... Good line, lady. Except for the fact you just watched that machine nearly fucking explode and kill you like yeah. half an hour ago. Yeah. So I don't buy that. And because she stares <laughs> death in the face yeah. and laughs, she's immediately killed. Yeah. So, yeah. Enter Lazarus. And just, yeah. All hell breaks loose. Everyone legs it. But he doesn't seem to pose any threat to anyone. Yes, well, he's a big hulking yeah. monster. Yes, we know he can absorb people. Yeah. There's a huge crowd of people, yeah. and he just ignores them. Yeah, They're all running and shrieking, and he's just like, I'm going to make loads of noise. I'm going <laughs> to knock things over. You're all perfectly safe. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um... No, it's, it's, not, it's not clicking at this point in the episode, is it? Mm. Um, so, yeah. Remind me, what happens next? So... The this where we Lazarus get... then hunts the Doctor yeah. into a lab. Yeah. And we know, we say this with increasing frequency, nothing good ever happens in a lab. <sighs> Not really. So the Doctor fiddles with one of the light bulbs to create oh, yeah. a short contact. Yeah. And then hides around the room, switching all the gas taps on. Yes, yeah. Like taking those tubes out and now, uh, I, I've taught science for close to five years. Yeah. I've worked in schools for over ten years. Yeah. And despite all the myths, in that time I've never seen anybody light a gas tap. Really? Yeah. Oh. I, and certainly the school I work in, which isn't the most modern school, the amount of safety equipment linked to those gas taps, if you were to light one there's fail-safes that would shut it off. Yeah, good okay. to know. So, no, no such safety precautions in Lazarus's lab. Because the Doctor turns all the gas taps on, Yeah, and as he runs out the room, presses the light switch, creates a short contact, Yeah, makes a spark, Yeah, and explodes the lab, Yeah, killing Lazarus. End, End of, of episode. episode. Yeah. Except, <laughs> it appears to have absolutely... No bearing on Lazarus at all. I think it maybe buys him a fraction of time to but get away. He's he doesn't even scream. He just smashes through a wall. Like, yeah. Oh no, you've minor inconvenienced me. <sighs> yeah. Again, it's just like the the CGI is not. It's not adding to the storytelling, is it? It's like they it, it's it feels like they're having to edit around the CGI basically to try yeah. and tell a coherent story. Yeah. So um, we're back downstairs now. Yeah. With Martha's mum. In the sort of main room. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. And the man from before that yeah. had spoken to her yeah. warns her again. And yeah. In my notes I've just put Is he Mr. Saxon? Maybe. 
hopefully we'll find that out. And back with the Doctor and Martha, they hide within Lazarus's machine. Yes. They say it's his masterpiece and he yeah. would never damage it. Yeah. So they have no plan other than we're just going to wait this out hiding in This here. is... I mean, the Doctor's MO is generally barge in, talk fast enough, sooner or later a plan will happen. Mm. This is We are watching the limitations of that um, approach to problem solving right here because he has effectively just trapped them in the middle of a room with a monster skulking around the outside. I feel like... To, to, to call on our, our sort of D&D experience here, if we were in a similar situation to this and, and one of us turned around to our party and said, hey, there's that small cubicle in the middle of the room. What if we all just crammed in there? I think someone's first response would be then, and then what? Yeah. Because that's at best going to like buy us a couple of rounds. Before we would have so, to do something else. If if we were in that scenario, me yes. and you, yeah. right, and we're trapped in what is essentially the size of a telephone box. Yeah. With, let, let's just say there's not even any threat outside of it. Yeah. Me and you stood in a telephone box. Yeah. How long until it becomes so socially uncomfortable <laughs> that you just leave? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, four seconds? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Would we have to stand back to back, front to front? Oh, I I don't know. Either way, the second like either our asses or genitalia brushed against one another, yeah. that it would be game over, wouldn't it? We'd be like barreling out of there. Yeah. We'd probably do that comedy thing of like both trying to go <laughs> to through the, the door, door at once and getting and stuck. That is how Lazarus would kill us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not because we have a great plan, just because we. It's just weird being trapped that close to it another is, person, isn't it? Isn't yeah, it? I'm not even claustrophobic, but I, I wouldn't care for it. No. Not even not even with my partner. I don't think I would appreciate no, being crammed into... At, at my wedding, Yeah. when myself and my now wife were having our photo taken, there were moments where the photographer was like, okay, stare into each other's eyes. <laughs> and you had to stand really close and look at each other. And you had no idea when they'd taken the photo. Yeah. So there's just plenty where you can visibly see me just staring in my wife's eyes, just going, a bit awkward, isn't it? A bit, <laughs> weird, a bit weird. Yeah. You know? That's creepy. Right. Yeah. Whilst they're in there, we get a nice explanation of dormant genes. Do that, we? That does make sense. Okay. That's the one bit of science I think they get right here. Okay. And then the Doctor alters the machine using the sonic screwdriver to expel energy rather than receive it. Yep. And... So it it's getting really frantic right down to the wire, manages to do it, it sort of pulses out this huge yeah radiant and the doctor has a line where he says, um, I must be getting old and I it didn't used to take that long to reverse the polarity or, or something like that. Have you ever heard the phrase reverse the polarity before? Yes. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Do you know what the origin of it is? No. It's Doctor it- Who. Is it Ghostbusters? Don't cross the streams. Maybe I don't, I can't. I'm not as familiar with Ghostbusters. That's pretty as you. certain it is. But yeah, the origin is Doctor Who. It's specifically the third Doctor era. John Pertwee, early on in filming, complained about all of this techno babble mm. 
mm-hmm. that he was being asked to memorise in all of these stories because, you know, that's a big part of Doctor Who. It's like really off some science yeah. nonsense uh, in the denouement of a story. And so he said, can you not just like come up with like one, one line one that I can remember on. that I can just just rattle that off when I need to? And so they came up with reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. So throughout um, um, John Pertwee's era, he will repeatedly do things to the neutron flow or reverse the polarity of a thing. And very occasionally he will just reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. And can can I just stop you there? Yes. What do you know about neutrons? Very little. I know that. I mean, you can do an awful lot if you reverse their polarity. Hold on. <laughs> Let me just stop you there. Yeah. What charge or what polarity do you think neutrons have? I have no idea. But if you reverse, do you believe it, they have a positive or a negative charge? I expect they probably have a neutral charge. On a they do. They have. They, they have neutrons. no charge. So yeah. you cannot reverse their polarity. <laughs> Okay. On account of they have no polarity. Yeah. But that's why it's perfect Doctor Who mumbo jumbo. Reversing the polarity, as far as I'm aware, simply refers to realigning an electrical charge. Yeah. So you can do it in an electromagnet. (laughs) You cannot do it in neutrons. Yeah. Also, neutrons are found in the nucleus of an atom. They don't flow. Electrons flow. <laughs> neutrons don't. We've said before, Doctor Who, it's not what you would call hard science fiction. No. <laughs> it's like, you know, but I, I teach lowability science. <laughs> I think maybe it would be, you should pay a visit to the writer's room of Doctor Who at some point. You know, just straighten out a few of these misconceptions for them. Because well, I'd end up having... John Pertwee telling me I talk too much and I need to sit, <laughs> need to dumb it down for him. <laughs> well, anyway, point being, cute little callback to the Third Doctor's era. Right. So, as that happens, Lazarus turns back into a young man. Yep. And back in the room, Martha's mum slaps the Doctor because yep. of what this mysterious man has told her about him. Yep. Because, um, of course, you just believe everything a stranger tells you about another person that you don't know. And exactly. that's enough grounds to physically assault them. <laughs> anyway, and, and I do like the Doctor's what, response what to that. What would be the equivalent? So, this Mr. S- okay. This guy, it, I mean, I don't think it's any spoiler to say it's Mr. Saxon. I mean, uh, is it? It is a spoiler, but you find that out in about two minutes. Yeah. Like, let's think of someone really famous. If, if Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. right, because he's quite virtuous, he's into climate change and yeah. all that. Yeah. If he came to me and said, don't be friends with David, he uh, he fucked a cat. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Part of me would buy into that. <laughs> I mean, well, that, I don't think that's a fair uh, assessment because you, you know me already. We've had yeah. discussions about whether or not I would fuck a cat. Um, so say it would be Leonardo DiCaprio coming up... No. Not Leonardo DiCaprio. Someone who looks a bit like Leonardo DiCaprio, but basically isn't. Someone you've never met before. Pointing out to this, like, I don't know, you've recently met an acquaintance of your your wife's for Mm. the first time. And they basically said, that person that you only met uh, a few hours ago, they definitely fuck cats. Like, definitely, 100%. And then you deciding, on that basis... Well, that f- person looks a bit like Leonardo DiCaprio, honest face. Right. 
I'm gonna deck them. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's flimsy, isn't it? Yeah, but that's how like playground politics works. Isn't yeah. It? Like, yeah. If I if I but came Martha's up to you and was the... like, oh, so and so said you smell. Yeah. Yeah. But Martha's mum, fully grown woman. Yeah, not a child. Anyway, but yeah, and I do like the the uh, the doctor's response. It's just like it's always the mothers. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, Jackie. Yeah, I miss Jackie. Right. So Lazarus is getting carted away in an ambulance. Yeah, and he's learnt the error of his ways. That's the end of the episode. It really does feel like the end of the episode, doesn't it? Except. He turns into a monster, absorbs the ambulance staff, yeah. and goes to the cathedral that he always harps on about. Yeah, it really does feel like, at that point, they they could have ended it there, but they just were like, oh no, he's still got another 15 minutes! Yeah. Oh, best bugger! Put, best put exactly the same fight scene in again. Yeah. So, so we breeze, let's breeze through this. So He, he goes back to the cathedral that yeah. he's always harping on about. Yeah. And the Doctor tries to talk to him about the error of his ways, but Lazarus talks about the Blitz, yeah. saying he's already faced death. He doesn't want to again. And to be fair, look, I know what they're aiming for with this scene and the, the dialogue you're having with the Doctor. You know, because it's it's all about what it means to live a long time, what it means to see war and horror. So they're drawing a parallel between Lazarus' experiences and the Doctor's. Yeah. But it doesn't really land. It just... No. Because, and, and I think it's because... They are trying to make us feel any sympathy whatsoever for this arrogant, creepy, murdering fuckhead. And the doctor, at this point, says, I've got a plan. Martha, can you lure him to the bell tower? Yeah. He does not have a plan. His plan is, let's get him really high up, (laughs) hope that he falls, that might kill him. Yeah. That is not a plan. Okay, let's unpack it. Okay, so let's just... uh, so. Martha and Tish, they run up, they, they lure him up to the bell tower, right? Yeah. And it's more running around, whatever. The doctor scuttles up to the uh, organ yeah. of the cathedral. Love a cathedral organ. Plugs um, in the, the, the sonic, sonic screwdriver. Screw give it a bit of a boost to turn it up to 11, as he says, in, in the yeah. world's least subtle and most overplayed Spinal Tap reference. Mm-hmm. Um and then he starts hammering away. The, and the reason for this is because there was a throwaway line, like in the first act, where he correctly assessed that the that there was some like sonic sound wave element to Lazarus's process that he he developed. And so I think the Doctor's plan is that he's going to like disrupt the the genetic weirdness yeah, but... with sound but that's not what actually happens because what happens is he wobbles and he falls off yeah I thought it it could be very close to Venom from yeah. Spider-Man just drinking tea from my Venom mug uh, that's and that's not a lie it's explained that the symbiote is weak against certain frequencies yeah. of sound and that's how you can defeat it but what seems to happen is Lazarus goes, oh, that was a loud noise. It made me jump. <laughs> and then he just... And he's yeah. nowhere near the hole when it scares him. Yeah. Like, but... Martha's hanging down the hole. She's, like, yeah. tripped. She's in a bit of danger. Yeah. Lazarus is basically going to absorb her, whatever. Yeah. But he's in no danger. I think there might even be a handrail he has to fall over. <laughs> and it just startles him. 
where he falls to his yeah. death. He falls to his death. And so he, is he? he's a monster when he's at the top. Then he's a young man. Then he's the young when man he when he floor. hits the floor. And then by the time the doctor gets to him and he's dead, he's an old man. Yeah, because he's... the doctor sort of brushes his hand yeah. over his face to close his eyes. Yeah. And as he brushes his face down, it goes from young man to old. You think that's what's happening, but if you look closely at the editing, they haven't actually like ma- managed to do that transition. And you can see like the chin is all wrinkly and stuff. Is so it? it is just he's just wiping his hand over the, right. and they just like, but they cut, but because the, they cut from, I think the editing goes like, young, uh, young Lazarus's face, doctor's face. Oh. Cut back to, to to the doctor's to the Lazarus's head obscured by the doctor's hand, and he falls. So it right. kind of tricks you into thinking that it you right. see, you don't actually see that change. Right. So without yeah. any further discussion on this adventure, yeah, the doctor again is just like Martha getting the TARDIS. It's home time. <laughs> and yeah, he takes her home, and he sort of says, "Well, should we go for one more trip?" Yeah. And she says, "No." Now, I thought that would be a really good way just to wrap up her arc yeah. and say, look, you're clearly not over Rose. Yeah. I've just been passenger. And she does say all this. Yeah. And she says, oh, I'm not coming with you. And then he just goes, you're not a passenger. And she goes, all right, let's go. Yeah. So basically, it's basically, she's trying to say, look, you are taking me for granted. You're not respecting me as a as an equal in this partnership, basically. That's got to change. And the Doctor very nonchalantly says, yeah, okay. Yeah. And she accepts that. And presumably the reason is because she is smitten with him and she doesn't want to give this up. She doesn't want to give travelling with him and she and she wants to be close to him. Mm. So fair enough. And she just has to take that assurance that he's going to start treating her a bit differently. Mm. So we will wait to see whether that is borne out. There is one thing we need to discuss. Because as the TARDIS disappears at the end of this episode, yeah, the voicemail. From oh, Martha's mum. I've been again. premature here. Sorry. And she yeah. says, you know, I've been told horrible things about the Doctor yep. from Mister Saxon. So <gasps> that man was Mister Saxon. Dun dun dun. And I think that's probably the one bit I liked of this episode. That was my yeah. one good bit. Knowing that you've you've got a face to put to Mister Saxon. Yeah. 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 And knowing that it's moving rather than. It being like the face of both secret or bad wolf, where it was yeah. just going on forever. Yeah, you feel this like has we're, been we're like a pretty somewhere. short turnaround. Yeah, cool. All right, then maybe we'll hear more about Mister Saxon in next week's episode uh, when we will be discussing forty-two, which um, I'm assuming by 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 your reaction isn't a uh, no, a number that has any particular significance. It's probably for some you. reference that I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to it next week. 42. No. Yeah. Nothing. Not, not bringing anything back. All right. Well, um, th- there will be s- such a contingent of li- our listeners just screaming at <laughs> their phones right now. 42. It's all right. We'll discuss it next week. Don't worry about it, Matt. Um, so until then, thanks very much for listening and uh, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If 
you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.